It's great to, to be with you today, and I, I, I'm excited. I've been looking forward to this. It's actually been torture to sit there and take notes from these other messages this month. Okay, it's been very difficult because I'm like, oh, I, oh man, I just, I want to preach that right there, you know. And so uh, it's great to be here. Um, this is our final message, <clears throat> excuse me, in the series uh, called Fixer Upper. And, um, you know, I, that, that you, you, you might have thought, man, this is really unspiritual, you know, um, to use the, 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 the show title, you know, um, as a sermon title. I just, I just want you to know, those people have impacted, okay? They have resurrected the town of Waco, okay? You say, come on. My, unc- my aunt and uncle recently moved, after they retired, to the Dallas-Fort Worth area, and you know how when people move that first year, I mean, the family just comes to visit them, you know? And, and all the family that's coming to visit them, they, they take a day, and you know what they do? They go to Magnolia Farms Market, whatever it is. The silos, okay, that they've renovated and all that. They go there, and they take pictures, and they are so excited to be anywhere near Chip and Joanna, okay? It's the truth. They, they take pictures by cardboard, you know, cutouts of them, and they, you know, oh, we saw Chip and Joanna, you know. It's, it's, I'm, it's amazing. Um, and so uh, the, the concept, we've talked about that show, that people are, they try to develop that forever home, okay? Uh, and they look for their, their all-in budget, um, and, and so that's, that's how they do that. Uh, my message today is, uh, the title of it is Flip or Flop, okay? Now, the, the real humorous part is that I could be the flop today because, you know, we just don't know how this thing's gonna go. Um, and so, uh, I hope that's not the case, uh, but it's hosted, that program's hosted by a couple named, uh, well, they, they were a couple, they're actually now, uh, divorced, but they're, they're still doing the show. Tarek and Christina are their names. I won't even try to pronounce uh, the last name. Um, but they, they were real estate agents, and in 2008, when the real estate market crashed everywhere but Marquette, Michigan, it's true, it's true. Yeah, we just went to zero growth. We didn't go in the tank. Um, uh, I have family that, that they lost a lot of money in their houses, you know, in 2008. And, and I'm sure that you do too. But uh, they, they, they had a home, uh, and, and their realtors, their home that they were living in, um, it was a $6,000 a month payment, mortgage payment on their home. They, they, because the market turned south so bad, they had to to get out of that house, okay? I don't know if they sold it or just moved it out and somehow rented it. Uh, I can't imagine that, but they got out of that. They rented a $700 a month apartment and they had a roommate beside that, okay? They, they sold vehicles. They, they skimped on, on food. They said they remember sharing a lot of $5 footlongs from Subway during that time. Um, they did literally everything that they could to stay afloat. And so now, 
And, and they were not a sensation when they pitched this idea to HGTV, okay? They did it without even having the ability to really pull it off. What they really had was an idea. And so the, the concept of that show is very different from what Chip and Joanna's show is, okay? And what, and what Extreme Home Makeover is, and, and what Love It or List It is. The, 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 the concept of their show is to show you how they do one thing really well, and that's make money, okay? It's the truth. It's what it is. And you know what I wait for at the end of the show? I want to see what the profit is on that particular flip, okay? That's, what, that's one of the most interesting things to me. And, and they, they buy a lot of homes that they buy sight unseen, okay? They, they buy a lot of homes in foreclosure. The doors are locked. They're peeking in the windows. They buy homes at, at public auction that are real auctions that are not staged. They buy those homes, and sometimes they have not been in those homes. And in the show, they, they show them walking in for the first time, and, and cockroaches and, and, and mice and, and sometimes squatters have been in them. Um, they're just they're terrible. And honestly, the worse they are, the better they like it. Okay, because that usually means the cheaper they get it and the cheaper they get it, the better they can make it and the the more money ultimately that they're going to make. But they take all the risks. Okay, as great as these other shows are, those people aren't taking the risk. Torek and Christina, they take all the risk. They make all the decisions, they make all the investment, and therefore they make all the what? All the profit. It's the whole point of the show. It's a different concept. I I know that a few years ago they were flipping as many as 50 homes a year. Now, this is our... This is our series. We, we've, we've called it the Fixer Upper today. I'm calling it Flip or Flop. Uh, it's about relationships. That's what, what we've been talking about. And I want us to really think about relationships. The Bible has tons of examples of incredible relationships that we read about. We can, we can read about certainly one of the greatest is David and Jonathan. What a great relationship. In, in the scripture, in the Old Testament. How about Elijah and Elisha? How about Paul and Timothy? How about Paul and Barnabas? How about Peter and Paul? How about Jacob and Esau? Uh, uh, Samuel and King Saul, <clears throat> excuse me, Paul and Silas, Jesus and Lazarus. The scripture is filled with examples of relationships. And these things are, they, they teach us things. I love the fact that Paul speaks so much about relationships and he speaks to those in his letters that he has relationships with. I love what Benjamin said a few weeks ago. Pastor Ben said, God is in the relationship rehab or the restoration business. Man, I love that. I was like, Oh, I even put that on Facebook as a quote. It was so good. I, I, I just loved it. I loved when, when Pastor Chris Hiddle said, Jesus is our relationship designer. 
I thought that was profound. And Preston, I, he just he blew me away last weekend. I, I'm telling you, um, his his preaching, I, I thought it was so solid, and I loved what he said. Don't let the pressure of perfection keep you from serving others. Man, that was awesome. So, Fixer Upper, we've talked about that. We talked about Rehab Addict, Love It or List It, Extreme Homemaker, Over, and now Flip or Flop. All these shows really have, they have something in common. It's not so much the theme as it is sort of what they go through. And the three things that they have in common are the design phase, the demolition phase, and the construction phase. And that's what I want to look at today. They all approach it differently um, depending on, on the angle that they're going to take to the project just like this series. So let me give you a couple of questions that are going to help us frame our message today. Okay, Here, here's a couple questions. Number one, are there relationships that God has designed specifically for your benefit? Man, Preston, yes, last Sunday, he flipped it around on us in the hospitality thing, and it's all about other people, right? It's all about serving them. But are there, are there some relationships that God has designed that are for our benefit, far more than they are the other person? I want you to think about that. Here's another one, just like flip or flop, is there someone someone out there who might be willing to take a huge risk on your mess and invest in you in order to help you turn out to be the most fabulous version that God could ever have for you? That's my question. Has God put someone in your life, or does he want to put someone in your life who will invest in you and in the life that you look at and you go, you say, you know what, I don't want to let anybody into this. It's a mess, okay? Preston talked about our homes, didn't he, last week? He talked about our homes. He talked about not wanting, you know, you you always got to clean your house when somebody's coming over. He literally described my life. Okay, I and, and, and in the last eight weeks, if we're having somebody come over, you know, I'm, I'm like, okay, what can I do? You know, what do I do? And my wife says, you're really not going to do much of anything. You're going to have to trust everybody else to do it. And I'm saying, yeah, but I don't know if they can do that up to my standards. Okay, so somebody's going to come over and, and I need to make sure that this house looks the way because it reflects on me. He sort of kind of called me out on that, okay? So uh, I'm going to have to work on that a little bit. But is there someone, conversely, that God has for you and I that we can invite into our lives that he has there to come into our, our mess, okay? And what I'm really saying here is it's not our are the place we live that's the mess. I, I'm saying we're, we're, we're the flip or flop. We're, we're the house. Do you get what I'm saying? We're it. And so is there someone that God has, 
has in store for you that's going to invest in you for your benefit. You know, the houses that are on flip or flop, they are only on there because they have been terribly neglected over time and their owners do not have the resources or the time or the desire or the ability or the patience to do the work. And they say, sell it. I want out of it. I don't care how much I get for it. I just want to get rid of it and move on, right? Okay? Our, we, we, can't, we can't really say that about our lives. You know, we have, well, I'm just going to move on from it. But listen, we, we, sometimes it's a mess. And we understand that it's a mess. We just try to dress it up. But does God have someone for us? If we compared these houses to our lives and our relationships, we can find out some really revealing things. And what we may find out is that we might be in need of work, but we don't have the energy, we don't have the resources or the know-how or the ability to fix our own mess. It's quiet. Oh, that's quiet. That was really quiet. I, I want you to know that. I, and I didn't expect, you know, a lot of noise. Because whenever we have to look inside, it gets much more difficult. But we might, we might be what's in need of the work. So what's the answer to the dilemma? We need help. We need our flop to be flipped. That's what we need. You wonder, why, God, why, why haven't you sent me the friend that I, that I need? Why haven't you sent me, maybe, maybe you're looking for a spouse. Why haven't you sent me the spouse, the wonderful, loving, kind, you know, spouse that I've been looking for, you know, that's smoking hot and just kind, you know, and funny and, and loves to do housework, you know? <laughs> God, why haven't you done that for me, okay? Why haven't you? I, listen, I, I, I believe today God wants to flip some flops, okay? I do. I, I think he wants to work on us, and then what that's going to do is going to make us ready for those things that he has for us. Oh, man, that's preaching right there. I, I'm, I'm telling you. I, Benjamin, I think I'm going to be okay wherever you are. I think I'm all right. Okay, here we go. We're going to look at the three phases, the, the design phase. I hate the design phase, okay? And these shows, I hate it. I can't stand it, okay? I am too impatient. This is my least favorite. Bring on the sledgehammers, okay? Let's get it. Thank you, Matt. Bring on the sledgehammers. Let's start tearing some walls down and kicking stuff in. And the only problem I have, and I, I took this out of my notes, but I got to say it. I have a problem with them tearing apart the cabinets. I'm just saying. Use a screw gun and give them to somebody else or give them to Habitat for Humanity and let some, you know, do, bring them to the thrift store, for heaven's sake. Let somebody benefit from them. Other than that, I'm okay. All right. So I, that's, I can't stand the design phase, okay? 
and, and the, but it's really, it's the most important part of the renovation process, and it's a big reason why people can't do it themselves, because they can't see it. We need a plan, and it's so disgusting to me when Joanna Gaines can see everything. Oh, she, I just, th- this, this, and she just starts, and, and Chip understands everything she says, and they get it, and the colors, and the styles, and I'm like, this is crazy. Without her, though, he's just a carpenter. He's nothing. It's all her. This is so important. You got to be able to z- design the thing. Now, when you watch these shows, I don't care if it's Property Brothers, I, you know, whatever the show is that you're watching, they, they pull out, they always pull out a laptop. And they pull out, they, they pull up this program, and I love this program. And every, every single couple, all of them, they say one, they say, they show them the house, you know, they say, I just can't see it. Come on. Be honest with me. All right? I want to know that you're tracking with me because that's one way I'll know I'm on track. But, right? They say, we, I can't see it. I love it. And, and it's always, it's the women. They, it's so good. They just, I'm sorry, I can't see what you see in this thing. And they explain, when they pull out that computer, okay, and they pull up that program and they show them all the changes, okay? All, they show them the new kitchen. They show them the open concept, all right? Are you with me? They show them the new colors. They show them, you know, they put new furniture in there that's not really yours. I'm sorry, but you're going to put all your furniture in there. It's going to look a lot like your old house, except just with an open concept, okay? I think they want you to buy all that stuff. All right? It's virtual reality. In 97, uh, Veronica and I... Um, we we built a, a home out, out east in Erie, Pennsylvania, and um, and uh, we we went through this process. Um, I did make a mistake. Um, she came home from work one day and said, "What'd you do?" And I said, "I I picked out all the stuff for the house." She's like, "You did what?" I said, "I picked out the doorknobs, the windows, the the faucets. I picked out that's what was next on the list." And she was not thrilled with me. I said, the, the, the office is still open. Let's run over there. I, I, honestly, I was so stupid. I had no idea. And I said, okay, let's, you know, so we drove over there, and they got all the boards and the books and everything. And I said, go ahead and pick everything out. She picked everything out. Everything was exactly the same as I had picked out. It's true. She's shaking her head. Yes. Score one for me. It'll be the only one of the day. I, I'm telling you, and, and what, so we, we picked all this, we picked the size, you know, the square footage, the style. One day, on a planned day, okay, we knew it was coming, the truck shows up, all right? The truck was, it was a flatbed truck with a crane, and they had all the walls okay, and the trusses, and they had everything for that house. And that crane is going to pick those things up and start putting them in place. What would I have done? 
Okay, it's a big jigsaw puzzle, all right? Some of you were so kind, you actually sent me jigsaw puzzles in the last eight weeks. I did, we did put one together. And because I really loved, uh, it was really a lake and a cabin and some ducks, and that was cool. I could do that. But like some of them, you know, dogs playing poker at a table, I can't do that, all right? Um, but it was a big jigsaw puzzle. And, and they, 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 I didn't know what went where. But my brother-in-law, who was there to help me, pulls out the plans and goes to number one. And he said, number one goes right here. And number two fit into number one, and so on, and so on. And in two days, we had the framing of that house up. And by the end of the week, we had the shingles on. Why? Because there was a plan. The plan is important. And I, I, I really struggle with that. God has a very specific plan for your life. Very specific. I love Romans 8, 28, where Paul says, And we know that all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his what? Purpose. Okay? Let me, let me show you uh, 1 Corinthians 2, 9. However, as it is written, no eye has seen uh, what no ear has heard and what no human mind has conceived. The things that are what? Prepared. The things God has prepared. God has prepared a plan. He has a plan that he has prepared for you. We've read Jeremiah 29, 11. Oh, such a great scripture so many times. It says, for I know the what? Plans. I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. But just like in a home renovation, we walk in and we say, I just can't see it. I can't see it. And when we can't see it, what do we need? We need someone else that'll come alongside of us who God has given the creativity to be able to see the design. And we need that. God is not just spitballing this stuff, friends. God works through the abilities of others who are willing to invest in our lives. The question is, are we willing to allow them to speak into our lives? Ugh. I'm being honest, okay? We struggle, don't we? We struggle with that. What, what in the world... Who gives you the right to step into my flop and think you're gonna start flipping it? It's it's hard. I'm just I'm just being honest. Okay, phase two, and I'm gonna move quick. So I don't want Benjamin getting anywhere near this platform. <laughs> Demolition. Okay? Come on. Just uh, they always start in the kitchen, they start with a ten pound mall, they always start in the cabinets. I can't stand it. They take down the popcorn ceilings. They ripped out, apart the bathroom, open concept. They pull up the carpet. What are they always looking for? Hardwood floors. Yeah. Oh, I think that's hilarious. Uh, they, they, oh, now shiplap. Everything's shiplap. I'm like, you know, I, I just, I don't get it. Dude, do you want wind blowing through the living room or something? 
let's drywall this stuff and insulate it. And you know, sorry, I'm okay. It's just me. But they demolish the old, don't they? They tear out the old. They, they tear it down to the studs. Man, that would feel good. 2 Corinthians 5.17, Paul tells us that when we're in Christ, old things are passed away. Mm, there's some similarities here. The operative part of that sentence is that if anyone is in Christ. You see, when we experience the regenerating power of Christ, there are things in us that are supposed to die. But Paul takes the demo, the issue, a step further in Colossians 3, starting at verse 8 where he said, But now you must rid yourselves of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices. He's talking to believers. They've already gotten saved. And he said, you need a little renovation. And God has put me in your life to point it out to you. I'm not assuming that for myself. I mean, we depend on the word of God, okay? But sometimes I think that we need someone to come in to our lives. When we talk about that kind of renovation, okay? An outdated kitchen, a nasty bathroom. In our lives, Matthew Henry says this, mortify them, kill them, suppress them as weeds or vermin which spread and destroy all about. Sounds to me like that's the equivalent of a demo project in our lives. That's what it is. I remember growing up as a kid when we would go to my mom's side of the family, we usually we never went to my grandparents' house. We always went to my great aunt and uncle, uh, their house, Uncle Tom and Aunt Marge. They were very responsible for helping to raise my mom, and uh, that's where we would go. My Uncle Tom uh, was a city attorney, smoked a pipe, uh, had the real bear rug in front of the fireplace. You know what I'm talking about? Okay. Uh, this was back in the, the, the late 60s and early 70s, so that the whole house, except for tile in the bathrooms, which were all one-inch square tiles, the whole house was hardwood floors, okay? It was a huge, massive brick ranch. Huge. It had a, it had, in the basement, it had a concrete um, bunker um, for, you know, for, um, what am I thinking of? What's the words I'm thinking of? A bomb shelter, thank you, in the basement. They tried to scare us to death, okay? My cousins, they were terrible, terrible to us as children. Thanks, Tommy and Peggy. Um, <clears throat> but uh, I'm just kidding. But we, you know, we went to that house, and you know, that house, I, when, my, when my great aunt passed away, not much had changed at all. I, I can remember I can remember the bathrooms, the, the fixtures, the tile. I remember in the cupboards the, 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 the metal colored glasses that we drank out of when we were young children. I just, I remember the smell. I remember that bare rug. I remember the basement. I remember so much about it. And when I went back as an adult, when she died, it was like, it was like a time capsule, okay? Why? Because we don't have the time or the energy or, or, or even the desire sometimes to change those things as we grow older. And as, as adults in our own lives, sometimes we just, yeah, you know, I am what I am. Take it or leave it. We don't really want to change. But I believe that God wants to call someone into each of our lives who will invest in us. 
and that will see us become what God desires us to be. We need help with the demolition. Hebrews says in verse, chapter 10, verse 24, let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. The word spur in the King James is provoke. You know what it means? This is awesome. It means offend, irritate, or incense to excite and call to action. Paul, the writer of Hebrews says we are, we are we're called to spur one another on. We're called to irritate one another sometimes. When I get to heaven, God's going to say, way to go, Kev. You really handled that verse really well. You irritated a lot of people. Okay? Proverbs 27, 17 is iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. It's not easy. A lot of sparks, a lot of heat. It's difficult but the demolition process is needed. The third phase is the construction phase quickly. The design phase is complete. The demolition is complete. The slate has been cleared. We're ready to build. When we did our home, the one complaint that my wife had was that it was never really finished. You ever, ever, anybody, has your wife ever said that to you? That's never actually finished. And what she was talking about was this one little opening between the shower and the wall there was no shelves in it it was just a, an opening and and so right before we we sold it to come here i put shelves in it and it was really cool she's like why didn't you do that for me when you built this thing five years ago <clears throat> i i just it's just part of being married folks i you know it's just the reality okay uh, of, of what real life is like. But, but, you know, we feel like it's never really finished. There's always something that's not complete. Paul says in Ephesians 4, starting at verse 22, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its evil desires, to be made new in the attitude of your mind and put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. The idea of putting something off or putting something on, okay? Talking about salvation. In the Greek, it's permanent, okay? One time, it's done. But then when he goes on and he, and he, and he talks beyond that, okay? He talks about being renewed. That is a continuous process. When we get saved, we get saved, and that's it. We are saved, okay? But when it comes to being renewed, when it comes to being transformed, when it comes to, to being renovated, that is an ongoing process, and it's not done. The Bible says that one day we will be like him, and do you know when that is? when the trumpet sounds and the dead in Christ rise and we who are alive are caught up together to meet him in the air, then we will be completed. One day, in this whole series, one of the verses I've loved the most that I think it was in the first week was shared was Philippians 1.6, He who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. That day is the day Jesus comes back. He's going to complete it. You might look at yourself right now and say, 
I am a flop inside. Nobody sees it because I keep my mess inside. I keep the drapes drawn in my life so people can't see. But man, I feel like a flop and I need a flip. I need a flip. I, I got good news. I, I believe God wants you to be flipped. I believe that God has somebody to help you. I believe God has somebody that's willing to stand on the steps of the courthouse and bid for you. I believe they're willing to take you sight unseen. Oh, that was good. Sight unseen, they're willing. They're willing to take you. I don't know who it is. I, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not saying I got a list of people here that, that I, no, God's got to orchestrate this thing. But you got to be open to it. You've got to be willing to say, yes, God. Lord, I'll do it. I'll, I'll do it. I want to be flipped into the person that you want me to be. And there might have to be a little hammer swinging in order to do it. Lord, there's some things in my life that I think you'd like to demolish. Oh, man. But God, you gotta, you got to bring that person into my life. I believe it. I believe that that's what he wants to do. Paul said in 1 Thessalonians 5.11, Therefore, encourage one another up and build each other up. It's the construction phase. It's not all demo. If you have people in your lives and, and all they want to do is demo you, they are not in God's plan. Okay? They're not. You have people shouting out design ideas for you, and that's all they do. You know what? They're, they're, not, they're not living in the full plan of God because I believe that God has people for you that will help with the design, they'll help with the demo, and they'll help with the construction. All for you, not for themselves. I believe that God has, some of you, God has that for you, for other people. He wants you to be that person. He wants you for, the, for, for nothing for yourself, but only for the other individual. But today as I preached this message, I just felt like I needed to preach it from the standpoint of us. We're the house. We're the flop that needs to be flipped. And I believe God has that in store for us. I'm going to invite you to stand with me all across this place. I went a couple minutes longer than I should. We're going to sing here in just a moment. I'll close in prayer after we sing, so just hold tight with me. But I'm going to invite you to bow your heads and close your eyes. Father, I, I pray for these beautiful people. Lord, I thank you for their lives. Even the ones that, that believe they're a mess. Even the ones that believe like somehow they're a flop. They feel like they live in a multi-million dollar neighborhood and they're the trailer that sits in the middle of it all. Father, I just pray... Lord, that as we close this service, that your word would sink into our hearts, that we would, we would understand that, that you desire to invest in us and you do it through people. Lord, there are connections, there are relationships that you would have for us. 
But in order for those things to be done effectively, we've got to open our hearts. So I pray today for a sense of openness in your people. Forgive us when we've been closed off to others investing in us. Because we think we can do it all ourselves and yet we look around and say, I have no idea. I can't see it. Father, I pray do a work in us today. In Jesus' name.